1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: The car, Scott Anderson, 97, won A ticket. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Talking about this latest mock from Dave Burkett. It was released today at Freep.com. Check it out for yourself. Uh, We tweeted out the players that were on the board for the Lions, and we've told you, and uh, taken some feedback. Three corners, Wiggins, McKinstry, and Rakestraw all on the board. Edge rushers Darius Robinson and Adisa Isaac from Missouri and Penn State. Zach Frazier, interior offensive lineman from West Virginia, and Brandon Darius, defensive tackle from Oregon, all on the board. And look, there's a lot of time between now and the draft. And why do we do this? We do it because it's an exercise to be prepared for every scenario. And if this is what plays itself out, what would the – should the Detroit Lions do? What would you do? And um, Dave Briquette took Enos Raikstra, the corner from Missouri. Ironically, we all took corners. Uh, Kang took kool McKinstry, and Gator and I both took Nate Wiggins. All right, you didn't do this. You weren't around last week when Field Yates came up with his mock, and a player that was on the board, typically around with a Lions pick, but isn't always available depending on the mock is intriguing to people and got quite a bit of love. And I also feel like sometimes people wanna make a strength even stronger in the draft. More so than Phil needs. What if Keon Coleman is on the board? The wide receiver from Florida State, transfer from Michigan State with great size, hands, ability to go get it. I mean, 50-50 ball is 100-0 Hundred zero for him, like he gets yeah. them all.
3: He looks like an NFL wide receiver. Yep. Yeah, he looks great. Um, I was thinking about that with with this one when you mentioned his name uh, as, a player, picks, as a player. Player went or... ahead of the, the Lions in this mock draft. You know what did he went the pick before to Buffalo. I was thinking to myself, what if if Keon Coleman were there? And it's not something that I would pick, but could I see Brad Holmes making a pick like that? I could. If Brad Holmes has evaluated the wide receivers in the draft, and he looks at it and he says, it's Marvin Harrison, Keon Coleman, Roma Doomsay, Doomsay, and then, uh, you know, with the neighbors, uh, in that order. And he's got Keon Coleman, number two behind Marvin Harrison. And he thinks it, he's a top 10 pick. I mean, it depends on what happens in free agency, right? Of, of if are they going to go after a wide receiver, you know, to be right there with um, with Almonra St. Brown, or are they going to go and try to get someone of the ilk of a Josh Reynolds or a Donovan Peoples Jones, bring back one of those those receivers? If they haven't done anything like that, mm-hmm. then could I see this? Absolutely, I could see it, despite the fact that they. They drafted J-Mo in the first round a couple years ago. He's been slow to get on board, but we know he's a weapon, and hopefully now with all the injuries behind him, that he can just concentrate on being the best receiver he can be, and he's a game changer. But if you – and we we keep saying, yeah, we wanted another wide receiver on this team. Even when J-Mo came back after the suspension, we wanted another one. Okay, well, if if Brad Holmes thinks he's got himself one of the top – say 10 players in the draft and he's available there at 29. Why should we be surprised? So we
2: shouldn't be. And here's something to consider. Uh, Josh Reynolds is the free agent wide receiver, right? And I, I think in spite of what happened at the end of the year, I think bringing him back is in play. Would you agree
3: or disagree with that? Did they want to bring him back? That it's in play. Yeah, I think it's definitely in play.
2: The question is how much money will he command? He was on the street when the Lions signed him. He had just gotten released by Tennessee. Wasn't that who it was? And his cap hit uh, last year was $4 million. Spot track has the estimated cap hit for every position in the draft. The cap hit for the pick at 29, the estimated cap hit is $2.34 million. Would you rather have Keon Coleman at 2.34 or Josh Reynolds back at the same money? Four million. Yeah, hey, Keon Coleman. And that plays a role here. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you go wide receiver here, but you you know, there's a there's a saying in life you get what you pay for, and if you can get a better player cheaper at a position where rookies can make an impact they don't always but you know eventually you're going to need that guy you're going to maybe need him right away and boy he does look like an NFL guy like this is a this is going to be in play
3: this is one of those one of the the many reasons why you'd love to be able to walk into a draft room and see what the boards look like i want to know how many different boards Brad Holmes has like is there a board where he has listed players that are only have only have a first round grade like and there he's got like 10 of them there's only 10 guys in here that I would take ever ever taking the first round yeah is there a board that's there that he has based on you know position is there a board that he has there where he just they just rank all the players in the draft you know things like that so when you get to 29 it maybe becomes really easy for him to make the pick because if, if let's just we're making a case for keon coleman If he's got Keon Coleman as the number four player in the draft and he's there at 29.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I would be shocked if Brad Holmes didn't take him. Yeah. Even though he's at a position where if they brought back the same crew, the same crew of receivers, I'd feel fine. I mean, they did just fine. And I would expect that Jamison Williams will get better. So you have Jamison Williams improving, improving, And probably the best part about Jamison Williams to me is that Jamison Williams, as the curtain got lifted on who he is, all the off the field stuff seems like nonsense now. Yeah. Like it's a non-factor as the season went on and the way he played the, the, the game and the way he got better and the, his willingness to do the little things, he seemed like, Oh wow. He's that talented. and, all that non uh, that nonsense off the field stuff, nobody cares anymore.
3: you know what giving money away to children in Detroit may not be such a bad idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean it's like yeah, when you take a, a bigger step back and look at it uh, yeah and, and the, the other thing is you're ho- you're really hoping that JMO takes a big step forward this next year that he becomes this really competent go-to kind of receiver that maybe he's threatening a thousand yards, something like that. Because the way we've seen the draft, he had a grand slam. Brad Holmes did by drafting Amon St. Brown where he did. And the next year he goes out and signs, drafts JMO in the first round. And it's, it's, it's not a grand slam. It's not a home run. We don't even know if it's, is it a base hit at this point? I mean, he's made some plays, but it's literally, he's made some plays,
2: but it's starting to trend, but
3: it looks like it could trend in a great direction. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to consider. And it's like, we were talking about Keon Coleman, but, same thing goes for any of these players. This is what Brad Holmes is going to do. They're going to look at their charts. They're going to look at their stuff and see, okay, we're looking at best player available. And if it happens to be one of these guys who has, we got eight players with the first round grade. And one of those guys is there at 29. We have to seriously consider it.
2: There is one player. And I don't know if it'll pertain to the lions at all, but since we're talking about beefing up the offense and doubling down on a position with high draft picks, like wide receiver, this seems completely out of bounds. But again, if a player's ranked fourth on your board and he's still available at 29, and I haven't seen this guy available once, but he was a consensus top 10 pick. And then Field Yates had him at 16. I know what you're saying. And Daniel Jeremiah had him at 19. And Jeremiah actually, I I listened to his podcast to get some of his reasoning. And that player's Brock Bowers.
3: Oh, that's not the guy I was
2: thinking. I didn't think it was. (laughs) Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, as time goes by, it feels like we're seeing him mocked lower and lower. Now, uh, Burkett still has him in the top 10. And I wondered what was going on there. And Jeremiah again goes to the money and says, if you look at the... the, the- okay, picture this.
0: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...
2: franchise tag for the tight end position. Like if you're going to give a guy top five money, you're one of the best in the game. That's around 12 million at tight end. It's the lowest position in football outside of kicker and punter.
3: It's lower than running back. Hmm.
2: It's the lowest franchise tag in football. And his point is teams, when they're drafting high in the first round, they look at the cap number and they go, okay, if I take a guy at seven, I'm paying him 4.6 million. Well, if it's if you take a wide receiver and he's elite, you're saving like 18 million on the cap against the guys that are the best in the league. But if you're if you take a tight end there, you're only saving 8 million against the best in the league. So they're looking for bargains at the top, and it's driving the tight end position down. Now, a lot of fans don't value the tight end position enough to take a player that high, and we won't go into that debate again. But my question is, is Bowers because of the finances of the game, did he not do enough this year to say he's absolutely, I'll do it in the top 10?
3: Well, they got hurt. Didn't help. Which is something that does not help. So I think a lot of the eyes are going to be on him next week at the combine to see how healthy is he. Uh, is he, Is he going to go through all the drills and everything else? And, you know, is he strong enough to block at the NFL level? Or is he just going to morph into a big wide receiver? By the way, running
2: backs are about the same um as tight ends. Those are the two two cheapest.
3: I saw some numbers that I was stunned with when it came to um free agency with running backs. You know, I go back to the CBS sports story about the the projections yeah. uh, for players. And the running backs that they you, you think there's some really good running backs in free agency Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. The numbers for these guys—they project Saquon Barkley to get a three-year deal that pays him six point six a year. The Derrick Henry would sign a one-year deal for four point three million dollars. It's Derrick Henry. Mom, Austin Eckler, three years at seven point four million. The high one was Josh Jacobs, four years at ten point eight million. This
1: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue.